This is called Patient Zero.
song was called Patient Zero, which I love so much because it's like, right now, who is Patient Zero? All right, uh, one more Amy Mann song, and then it'll be time for LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth, to call us. And it'll be great and grand and exciting and new and wonderful, as it always is. All right, uh, this is... Uh, the song you might know, Save Me, off the Magnolia soundtrack by Amy Mann. Never love anyone 
don't know her and you do now and isn't she lovely just love her voice um she makes me feel all those romantic feelings yay uh all right waiting for a call from latoya the sheriff of truth bring kofe back here for a little background for uh I'm excited uh, to know what's going on in the world because I'm afraid to pay attention to it, actually. It scares me. I want to hide in a barrel of whiskey and come out for free ice cream days. Or wine. Uh, wine also comes in barrels. I'd like to hide in that as well. Scary time. Try not to drink too much, friends. I fell down on Matushi on Christmas Eve. And it still hurts when I cough. <laughs> like, I bruised my tailbone so badly. I had this crazy bruise on my butt for a while. It was, uh, it's finally changed all its colors and gone away. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, but it was, uh, I landed really hard. I fell. I was very drunk. They call it falling down drunk for a reason. So don't do that, uh, people out there. Be careful. Too much, or if you do drink, eat. Okay, Toy the Sheriff of Truth is gonna call. It's gonna be great. What other s important stories from the Tenderloin do I have to address you with today? Uh, pretty desperate out there. My cats have been having a cat circus every night at like five in the morning, and I am so sorry, downstairs neighbor. I try to get Cirque Day meow, Cirque Day cat, chalet, chatelet. I don't know, there's a circus of cats in my house. And thanks to comedian Lauren Kraut, she gave me this kitty circus tube that has a hole in it and a little toy. They love it, they love it. And I have to put the cat tube up at night because circus cats, sorry neighbors. I'm sure you would rather overhear people having uh, loud and vigorous sex, but nope, it is cats. Cats running around. That's the only action happening in my apartment is wild cats. Come on, Latoya. There she is. There she is. Yay. Hello. Well, well, well. Oh my gosh, you have well, so much important things to tell I, us. Do, did I say, did we say this was going to happen? Did we talk about this? Yeah. Yeah, Georgia. It's Georgia. Yeah, huh? Yeah. So Mitch McConnell's now the minority leader. That's exciting. But have you been watching what's going on? Oh, uh, no, I'm, I, I've submerged myself in a, in a barrel of wine, and I'm uh, going to come out at the next free oh. ice cream day. No, please, tell me what's going oh. on. I'm too scared to look. Be on your computer right now. You will see. They, these crazy-ass Trump supporters 
busted through the Capitol with guns. No one's been shot. There's Ooh, I, the rest of, I'm sure the rest of podcast folks out there know what's going on. Not say this shit is going to happen. I was paying attention yesterday. Yesterday I was paying attention and I watched a CNN thing where they went to um, Trump supporters who were like, he's, we're not supporting Biden. He's not our president. And we believe that Trump won and we're going to fight for it. And it was women. I was so surprised. They interviewed like seven women and they were all, I couldn't believe it. White women. I was like, what are you doing? White women. What are you doing? Um, I'm suggesting you you go to Google or Yahoo News or CNN or I like TYT, uh, the Young Turks. Uh, his, his, you were girl. I've been watching all different news affiliates all day. So this is what happened for those who do not know. So today is the day that um, Vice President Pence would have signed electorals, and he did not go with, of course, Trump, uh, fake, false, so that basically Prince can choose the president. So they had their little hate rally today earlier. The media, mainstream media keeps saying it's just peaceful. That shouldn't be peaceful. And then uh, President Trump, he did his little hate speech and said, you guys need to go out there and fight. Or primary the hell out of folks. When people heard fight, Revert back to Proud Boys, stand back and stand by. This is the moment that he was talking about. Yeah, and it, so it's now just, you have been. Okay. Oh, Pro Trump mob storms uh, Capitol as armed standoff takes place outside House Chamber. That is scary. Wow. Uh, shortly after 1 p.m., hundreds of pro-Trump protesters pushed through barriers set up along the perimeter of the Capitol where they tussled with officers in full riot gear, some calling the officers traitors for doing their jobs. About 90 minutes later, police demonstrators got into the building and the doors to the House and Senate were being locked. Shortly after, the House floor was evacuated by police. An armed standoff taking place at the House front door as of 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and police officers had drawn their guns at someone who's trying to breach it. Wow. Wow. A woman is in critical condition after being shot in the chest on the Capitol grounds, according to two sources familiar with the matter. They could not provide further details on the circumstances of the shooting. Multiple officers have been injured, with at least one transported to the hospitals. Wow. Wow. This is um, in our country, and I can't believe it. I just keep saying to myself, I need to stay with Tom. But here's a fun fact, and here's something that happened. And this is the part that I like. The Republican Party finally died and ate itself. It finally died and ate itself. Because now you have the Republicans who they've been interviewing, scared shitless, saying that President Trump needs to tell these people to disperse. And, you know, and one Republican even said, I forgot his name, but he was the most honest Republican I've heard ever, where he said that this, I, this, we, 
the Republican Party will not recover from this anytime soon. We just saw everything fall apart. It is going to hurt us for a while. It was kind of like he was taking responsibility, you know? <laughs> That's why I'm like, ooh. And, uh, but you know, they were interviewing him because he was one of the he's a representatives who is in lockdown in the Capitol building. So you got some scared shitless. Yeah. Trying to tell y'all. Well, did you hear you. Um, the, the plan if Trump decides not to vacate the White House is to just starve him out, to take away oh. his electricity, take away his food, and just until he actually vacates because there's nothing there for him. That's one well, of the he has until the 20th. Right. But until then, oh, but what you're saying is I get you. Like, basically, if, blow him out. Right. If he doesn't vacate of his own accord, as he should on the 20th with the changeover of the new president, and then the, he should that's be arrested. The, but that's the thing. He should be, well, he should be arrested, but I think they're just going to sort of starve him out. But the thing is, the military, he was saying that he would get the military to support him, but he'll no longer be the president, and the military supports the president. That's like one of the things they do. You know, they su- so once he's no longer the president, he has no sway over them, so it, it shouldn't. I don't know what's going to happen. So here's another thing. So uh, the mainstream media hasn't been mentioning this, which I noticed. I've been watching more Al Jazeera. Um, uh, Shout out to Al Gore 20 years ago. Yeah. It was a different fate this time 20 years ago. But uh, we should have we rated some shit then. Right. Damn. Yeah. Well, and but, that's um, the Electoral College. It's he, the same problem that they're complaining of, the GOP and the Trump supporters. Electoral College sucks. Yeah. It's not real. Well, we could have brought this up 20 years ago, but um, you know, Al Gore has tact and cares about his integrity as a person and as a, a political figure and didn't want to have his name tarnished for all time as the jerk face who, you know, upset the apple cart. And maybe we should have 20 years ago risen up and all the Democrats should have said, this is unfair. This is unjust. There is voter suppression. The Electoral College doesn't work. It doesn't represent us, but we didn't. And now all of a sudden that it didn't swing in their favor, they're like, the Electoral College sucks. It's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've been trying to tell y'all that, too. You know, oh, here's another fact about today. Um, So uh, they were asking for the president to send the National Guard. Because if you look at some of those images or video, you don't see police. You just have these crazy-ass Klan members on, like, going apeshit all over the Capitol and in D.C. And they're, like, in the mall as well. Um, But there's no cops. The president told the national uh, the national guard, "No, we don't need your assistance." There's no boy. Let me tell you, if this was a Black Lives Matter protest, there would be rubber bullets and 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 guns. And oh wait, we saw that. Right. <laughs> but you, these these crazy ass clan members, just like what happened in Michigan during the um, the quarantine, and they came up there. Uh, at the state capitol with their guns and stuff, and they got to stand there. This is what happens when you don't hold people accountable. Mm-hmm. This is what happens. And you see, I wonder, you should ask your dad how he feels about stuff today. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, 
I think that he, I don't think he voted for Trump this year. I think he saw through the party lines. I mean, I think there's a lot of Republicans this year even who voted Democratic because they realized how ridiculous he is. I mean, my father is an intelligent person. I'm sure he did not. Right, right, right. I, it's about economics for him. Right, exactly. And it's he's about status old, quo. Old it's old people about yeah, the status quo. Yeah, he's a raging kind of Republican. It's the, it's the baby boomers. Um, yeah. It's the people in the, it's the people in the 70s that said, you know what, we're not these hippie weirdos. We're the other side. And uh, supported Reagan in the 80s and the guy yep. with dementia, <laughs> the, first, <laughs> the first, the first president that we started to realize, like maybe he is just an actor and a figurehead. Oh, because he was an actor. Oh, <laughs> you, you know. You I, know what though? But I, I will say this: I am loving the fact that this took fifty years of this party to go to shit. Fifty years, mm-hmm. and it started with Nixon. And then we get into, we skip over Gerald Ford because nobody cares. Uh, and then we skip to Reagan and the fundamental, the evangelicals, uh, you know, the welfare queen, the propaganda of, and the crack air and the AIDS and these people are bad. We skip over to George H. Bush one term. He's kind of Reagan, Reagan light, but right. whatever. He likes war. Yeah, absolutely. And then we skip to the war his machine. son. Well, it, it, wait, don't skip over George George Senior because Bush Senior because. No, that's what, that's that's what I meant. I said George Herbert. Yeah, the, but big old, big old, big old Georgie though. He loved war too, and he taught his son because that's the economic boom that we needed. He, right. He's an old school guy who was like, hey, you know what brings us out of he an economic war. slump? Slump? War. The war machine. And who owned Halliburton? Who had all those think tanks for the all those the, the Bush eras war. were all warmongering Bible Belt warmongers who knew that the American economy is great when we're at war and pushed that agenda and everybody was like, oh, okay. Okay, so that was that. Now we're at Clinton. Yay! I mean, he's oh, wait, still wait, wait, yeah. oh. let me let me let me talk about Clinton though. So in the his administration, you have the 1994 uh, the House. So here, when the this is when extreme crazy comes, Newt Gingrich. Right. <laughs> you have Trent Lott out of Mississippi. These were like some evil mofos, and Newt Gingrich is still evil. And then we got George W. We were all there for that one, weren't we? Right, right. Eight long years of hell that we thought, that we thought. I'm just going through Republicans. Right, um, right, right, right. And now this is the buildup. This is, this is the chickens coming home to roost. This is everything about white supremacy and greed and, and everything. Well, it's not about greed. It's actually about white supremacy and hate yeah. and democracy. These pe- and the intelligence, too. This is a war on intelligence. Well, what do we have? That's the problem, though, is with George W. Bush, the No Child Left Behind, it was systematic culling of critical thought from our education system. So we had a bunch of dummies. And then now we put them into college and we put them into Zoom college. Idiots are paying. I have friends that are going to Berkeley right now and they're paying the regular Berkeley fees, $7,500 a semester. And there's a campus fee, which just makes no sense. And all of their classes are on Zoom. We are finally pulling the veil back on the joke that 
that our college system is, that education in the United States, it's it's a total joke. The, you could do it. But on what the, do we have to say about those people that were older that are out here? You know, like that are your father's generation and stuff. I mean, they grew up with free education, and then and look how some of them turned. That's out. that's true too. These are these people out there too. So what do we say about those people? Or people our age? Sure. That are all. I think I think the fact that I, I think what it boils down to is this is what happens when you don't teach about civics and real American history. Yeah. This is what happens when you build your the ideology of America and white supremacy. That, you know, that everything, you know, everyone knows about. These people are mad because the truth about America is coming out. Yeah. Not everything. I mean, people still forget that George Washington had slaves. Yeah, of course. People still forget that, you know, that that certain people that were the first of were not the first of. This is why they don't want to teach about, you know, it's educated critical thought. You mentioned with the No Child Left Behind being programmed. It's a cult mentality. Yeah. And that, I mean, we have, look at our money. Look who's on our money. How many slave owners are on the dollars that we are slaves to? Like, it's, our country is absolutely built on white supremacy and that we don't acknowledge it. An entitlement of, uh, yeah, yep. And still the entitlement of people that don't want to wear masks, you know, looking at that we should count the people in the videos that are storming the house right now that are, none of them have masks on. So let them kill themselves. The new virulent form, uh, the new, I mean, it is already is a virus, Corona, the highly airborne, more crazy thing that's happening that infects more people. You're not wearing masks. Oh, well, we're, we're, it's a disease. It but doesn't. You also have those people who don't believe it's, it's real still. It's slut. I can't. Because, because our stupid former president, real soon, or hopefully criminal, or domestic terrorist, or whatever we want to call him, um, those people, there are people out there that still think it's a hoax because he started that. Right. Yeah. Because he kept saying, it's going to go away, it's going to go away, it's going to go away. And now it's even worse. There are more people dying now. It is more dangerous now with the new strain than it was last spring. When we first shut down, it is more dangerous now than it was then. And and I'm starting to, like, recognize and realize. And when you watch the numbers and you watch where it's going up – and. Look, we're going to see the numbers in two weeks from these idiots that are all gathering together without masks. The numbers are going to go way up again. They're going to keep skyrocketing. We don't have enough vaccines. We don't have enough access to them. And uh, I'm wondering if I hope that in Biden's first days, he figures out a way. They said 20 million vaccines and there's been like 2 million. I mean, you know, we you need know to what move. I want him to do? I want him in the first. I want uh, in the first twenty days. I want him to uh, give us that two G and file charges on this motherfucker. Yeah. I want the Democratic Party. If it, I swear to God that you Democrats, this is the time now for accountability. 
If you don't show these people accountability, they'll do it again. Absolutely. And there are a lot more smarter people who will be running in 2024 who are part of this broken Republican Party that are Ted Cruz wants to run, Marco Rubio wants to run, fucking Uncle Tom Cotton wants to run. These people are a little bit more intelligent in contrast to Trump. Right. They will pull this shit off again if the Democrats do not come through and hold these people accountable. Well, and I I said this weeks and weeks and weeks ago that Trump that how many, what's going to happen in the interim between the inauguration and Biden in those 72 days, how many people are going to die, and will we be able to try Trump for crimes against humanity? I mean, if if truly, and he tried to claim this as a war, and he said, we're at war right now with this virus, we're having a war on the virus, and he let all these people perish because he was not putting down, he's not putting out more vaccine, he's not wearing a mask, he's not telling his people everything that's happening right now, he should be standing in a microphone and not saying, hey, this is okay, he should be saying, put on a mask, put on a mask, this is real. And how many people are going to die in those 72 days between inauguration, uh, between um, election and inauguration, and can we in the future try him for crimes against humanity? I said it before, well, it, it trickles down. Okay, He's okay. the one who's not standing up and saying, we have a huge problem with just the disease, just with the coronavirus, not just with the white supremacy and saying, like, hey, I should still be in charge. And But all that well, aside. But what you see going on right now, this buildup of all, this is, this is not even a riot. This is a coup. This is a attempted coup. It's cool. Yeah. In certain countries, this like what's going on right now. Trump incited this. He says we'll what never concede. Is illegal. Yeah. Was it if someone's in critical condition? There, when you like these are federal crimes. Yeah. And my my point is, of course, they would never get him on Corona. Hell, we couldn't even get Bush on the war crimes. Worse. <laughs> Well, no, actually both are. But this right here, this that we're seeing, him inciting this, him um, actually with that tape that came out, him, you know, because he was uh, he was tampering with an election. Yeah. This is treason, by the way. Absolutely. And in the Constitution, it still says treason. Treason. You can you can be punished by death. It still says that in the Constitution. Wow, wow. And this is him staging a coup. This is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that if the Democrats do not hold these people accountable, and Ted Cruz, who was out there too. Well, they have to. He lost. We're in a lot more, he lost both. We're the, in a lot more trouble. The, both the popular and the electoral college vote. He lost both, and he continues to dispute the results. He has no evidence. He's just standing up in front of people and encouraging his supporters to attend rallies. They're not wearing masks, and he's still claiming that he won the election. Why Why does he get to lie? Why does he just get to put out false things all the time and everybody's okay with this? He is lying. We know he's lying. He won. He lost the popular and the electoral vote. I know that when he plays golf, he cheats, and he tells people, hey, I did this. He's lying all the time. You don't just, yes, we do get to create our own realities, but not when you're in charge of everybody. That's when we put people into places and say, hey, you get to create your own reality in this little padded room, buddy. 
but he gets to make up <laughs> he gets to make up all of these he stood in front of people this morning and said he won he lost he lost go away you lost you're fired we fired you the american people and you can't say you won and you can't say, who was tampering with he was tampering with elections but he's it's well, like i yeah. can't but that's the thing is how how is it is it that because everything's scripted in our lives and reality TV isn't real and we watch TV and we watch Netflix and all this stuff and he just stands up there and says, I won. And people go, sure, we believe that. That's what we want to believe. He won. It's he, the numbers. He lost. I don't understand how we can even, this can even be happening right now. How can this even be happening when? Uh, I, can, I can also answer that question too because he had a little help. There's someone else that needs to be taken accountable. Facebook. Oh, you, you, Facebook and Twitter. Twitter finally put, tried to do something about it recently. So I won't harp on Twitter that much. But mostly Facebook, and, and you have other sites like Parler, uh, which is like the, the Nazi propaganda. All this propaganda that, that these websites let them have, and, and, and people start to believe these QAnon, which is now banned on Twitter uh, as for a couple months ago. But all the propaganda and these pro-Trumpists, these have got people programmed into this cult. And Facebook, you have, you need to be taken accountable as well. I, I, don't, I don't mean just some fucking fine. I mean, if Facebook has to go, it has to go because they're a part of this too. I, I 100% believe in that. Well, but what Facebook does is it feeds you what you want to see. It's kind of like Instagram when you you choose your own thing. So it's like re but Republicans are speaking to Republicans and Democrats are speaking to Democrats. I've pretty much gotten rid of all of the people that were on my Facebook that were doing anything pro-Trump or pro-Republican because yeah, I just I can't think, even I look at it. Yeah. But all of those people... It's like a mirror. Facebook is like a mirror, right? And you hold it up to yourself and you go, look how pretty I am. And you show the world, like, this is my idealized version of myself and the world that I want to create around me. And, but we, we, we just keep feeding ourselves and the people around us the same stuff, which is why in San Francisco, I'm like, oh, I live in this bubble because I don't see all of that other weird bullshit that's out there. But other, but, it but exists. what I mean is, Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, oh, what I, but what I mean is, like, just like how Twitter was able to stop propaganda and stuff about how COVID was a hoax, and I believe uh, Facebook finally penalized people that would be posting up uh, uh, misinformation about COVID. Yeah, fake news. You know, so yeah. what I'm saying is these things can be screened. Actually, what gets taken down mostly on Facebook is left-wing stuff. So there's already an imbalance there. But you know what? I don't care about that. You know what? I don't care because there's other platforms that are, you know what? I can read. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so well, I don't, that's another thing. So, you know, I, could, I don't care as much. I care, but I care about more about the stuff that is programming people these lies. Right. And that this is why the crazies have come home to roost because they these Trump propagandists did all this stuff 
I mean, the what was it, the, the four or five years ago with Hillary and the, um, the pizza, pizza gate? gate? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was all over Facebook. And look what happened. Someone actually got hurt and shot. Right. This is part of that. It's inciting violence. You still have people. Yeah, you still have people. You have signs of these people right now in the Capitol that say Hillary sucks. I'm like, wait a minute. What decade a year are we in? We got, she lost, dude. Just like we had to take the L. It hurt. It right. hurt a lot. I mean, I cried. Yeah. Hell, my my boss at the time said, "Oh, you can take the day off." <laughs> you were so, so beside but, yourself. But, <laughs> but this shit right here, these people don't know how to hold the L. Yeah, and that he because they're programmed. And it's a cult. It's a cult. I'm really, really glad that Pence held up for the integrity of. Our government, for the Constitution, for mm -hmm. the government that we believe in, for democracy, for his own integrity. And I knew that he would stand up because it was him and Trump, the reason that they worked together, and I don't think they work, but the reason they worked for a lot of people is that he literally is the moral majority. He is – he claims to be a real Christian. But he claims to be a real yeah. Christian. Therefore, he's not going to lie. He's going to uphold – what he can, when he can, because I, I honestly believe that Pence believes that he talks to God, just like how George W. Bush yeah. was like, I'm a super Christian and I talk to God. I think that Pence also had that like... He calls his wife's mother. Right. He's, <laughs> he loves Jesus, right? So he's going to try to be an honest person, and Trump is the epitome of dishonesty, and Pence wasn't going to uphold that, and I, I respect him for that. And I will give him the nod. I don't respect that piece of shit. Well, He's part I, of this, too. He needs to be held accountable. But what I will well, say is, yes, you're right. He withheld the Constitution. Yes. That's all I'm going to say. He withheld the Constitution. And he knows after this his political career is dead. Oh, of course. But even so, he saw how – and I think the reason why he, he did – what he was supposed to do and not go with this bullshit that 45 wanted him to do. He did this because he saw that, wait a minute, even Trump supporters, if you don't believe in it, he noticed that they were worshiping Trump instead of God, his God. Right. Because his God's really effed up too. <laughs> you know, he's not a fan of gay people or black people or women, right. none of that. He's so, a big old but, white god on the clouds. But, yes, that guy. Sorry, daddy. Uh, <laughs> but I will say that there was a pinch of integrity. That's what the it is. A pinch of integrity. Because there's no, there's, there's no win, win, there's no winning solution for him. Right. Well, he here knew if he was to do what Trump was going to have him do, he would have looked bad all over history. And there's no, I mean. His political career would have probably not worked anyway, but he knows with this he committed career suicide. So uh, he's probably be on Fox News now. This is uh, yeah, he'll be a, an analyst on Fox News. This is from um, an opinion site that's um, Republican, but this is an interesting thing. It says Trump and Republicans' electoral college election objections betray conservative legal thought. 
The events of the past few weeks suggest the principles animating modern conservative constitutionalism are merely arguments of convenience. And then um, this is a good quote from it. Wednesday's antics are not just dangerous political theater. They are also a betrayal of two of the foundational legal principles conservative Republicans have pushed for decades. So the people within the party had to start realizing that what they were doing was going against who they say they are. I mean, <laughs> it's... Uh, this is why I'm enjoying them eating each other, Pam. Why, I know, why don't white crime? It's um, Rob Edwards was, was doing some comedy in here uh, earlier this week, and um, and he we were, there was a, an argument that broke out, and he was like, why don't white crime? I love it. <laughs> it was very funny. Um, so continuing that quote says, Republicans have pushed for decades. The first of these is originalism, the theory that any a debate over the meaning of specific constitutional provisions should be conclusively resolved by how those provisions would have been understood when they were adopted. So originalism is saying that the original constitutional, what they meant is what they meant, and that's what it is. And then if we go by originalism, it's totally white supremacy because they're – I mean – when the Constitution was written, black people were still slaves. So, right. uh, so originalism doesn't shouldn't really hold water anymore, if we're not built on continuing racism. Uh, the second is called federalism. The second related principle in a particular understanding of federalism: the division of power between state and federal governments, through which our founding charter preserves the regulatory primacy of states over most topics, right. including federal elections. Simply put, Wednesday's objectors right. will unintentionally but necessarily drive home the central criticism of the conservative legal movement, that the putative principles animating modern conservative constitutionalism aren't actually inexorable constitutional mandates, but rather arguments of convenience to be brushed aside whenever they prove inexpedient. So that's... I hate this picture of Trump, too. He's just smiling. I want to punch him in the face. I just I want more than that. want to punch him in the face. Like, that smug, that. that smug, entitled, pretentious bastard who only tried to be, he want, He was like, 2,000, give him 2,000, give him 2,000, only because he's like, ooh, maybe if I give him more money, they'll like me. I mean, the 600, well, ones and zeros. The two it's things are to Mitch McConnell. Uh, that Mitch. was just sticking to Mitch McConnell. But he also needs to be taken accountable, but, you know, ain't nothing's going to happen to old Mitch, baby. Oh, nothing's... You know, he's, he's the one... He, I don't think anything will happen to him. Um, well, actually, here's, here's, here's a thought. I think some of these Republicans need to watch their back. Because these Trump people, this cult is coming after y'all. Yeah. They they are mad at y'all. Like I I don't wanna put this out in the atmosphere, but I hope they have bodyguards. Oh, I'm sure they all do. They're all, been, it's just rich people. Nothing's gonna happen to the rich people. It never does. I'm hoping that oh, they all catch COVID. Because COVID COVID doesn't see economics. It does it's a disease that sees humans and that's the thing. These entitled, fucking, pretentious motherfuckers. They're, this disease doesn't see 
It doesn't see your money. It doesn't see your privilege. And I hope, I mean, I hope that they see the, the light and the error of their ways. And maybe they will and maybe you they will You know won't. what else is a disease that, that is harmful too and it kills people every day? White supremacy. Yes. Well, I, what I was really, because th- I was hoping, and I hope that our next president stands up and says it, police brutality still an issue (laughs) like killing black people black lives matter still a huge issue and it's time to address it and i wish that our last president would have stood up and said hey this is a huge issue that we should be dealing with looking at the opiate crisis hey this is a huge issue that we should be looking at but instead it's all self-interest all self-interest in money and the people we we the people not i the person that's what how it starts we we, all of us together, and I know that America doesn't like poor people for whatever reason, but we are the people, mm-hmm. and you keep dividing you us. So Jeff Bezos has all the money now, and, and no exactly. more small businesses. Thank you. I was just going to say, you know what would have been awesome, though, if we would have came together as Americans, because we need to be more mad about these corporate politicians and our wages and how corporate America has, and capitalism has really destroyed. We need to be angry about why is why are people working three jobs in order to survive? Yeah. Our living wage at this moment should be $25 an hour. Yeah. As yeah. minimum wage. Not, not $7. You people need to be mad about that. Well, but that's... It would have been cool if we would have went up there all together and protest and start some shit because of that. But no, no, no. You got to do this stupid shit. Well, it's the it's the valuation of labor and what labor is real and what labor isn't. And that right now we've got all these people working from home. What are they doing? We've got tons of people out of work. All the the service industry. Why did why are we destroying the service industry? Why are we destroying small businesses? Why are we destroying artists? I, I mean, I understand the lockdown and the shutdown, but if we're all getting ones and zeros, how come we're just making the, anyways, I just, I'd like to see some, some equanimity and for labor to be valued and some Americans get to be entitled and and the rest of us don't like, I'm freaking out. I don't know how I'm going to get, I mean, as a small business owner, I, they, they keep saying, oh, you can take out more loans. You can take out more loans. But there's no. Nobody want to be in debt. I know there's there's no, there's no free money out there, and it's like, but and I can't yeah, work. So how am I I'm supposed? I'm glad to- you mentioned that. I'm glad, dude. We ought to be out there protesting about COVID, yeah. and give us money. Uh, these small businesses are closing down. Give us money. We ought to be out there for that. Yeah. But these. These crazy ass crackers, they don't even get the memo on that part. Because you know, you have a ton of people, you know, unemployed out there. Oh, it's getting desperate. What you see out there, what you see out there is not just, you don't see a bunch of one percenters out there. You probably have zero out there. What you have is rural America out there. And that, and that, they're dying. And their loyalty to the, their loyalty is to the wrong people who don't give a fuck about them. Well, and you, they are too stupid to realize. That. You want to know what that six hundred dollars? That six hundred dollars did for San Francisco. 
Uh, it's got everyone on heroin. Like, it's not enough money to actually pay your rent, so everyone in the Tenderloin is high as fuck because everyone just got their checks, and it's not enough money to, like, spe- so you're going to buy some booze and have a party and do a bunch of heroin, I guess, because that's about how much money it is. It, I, I mean, it's really... And people are getting desperate. How about how about this? Well, first, there's a flight from San Francisco, a huge exodus. There's two San Francisco stories I want to quick touch on. Uh, one is that you can look at the U-Haul traffic leaving San Francisco. People just fled the city. People have left. Uh, so yeah. even even if the service industry opens up, who is left to uh, go there with expendable income? And just speaking of the desperation in the city, SF woman assaulted at gunpoint, her five-month-old French bulldog stolen on Russian Hill. And a woman, 30-year-old San Francisco woman, says her five-month-old French bulldog was stolen by three men who assaulted her Tuesday night at gunpoint while in Russian Hill. Sarah Vorhas said she was walking alone with her two dogs, Chloe and Colton, on Hyde and Broadway around 5.45 p.m. when she heard a man come up behind her and say, give me your dog. She turned around, and a man holding a gun began punching her in the face. And then he took her dog, Chloe, and got in a car with two men and drove off. So people are desperate. People are stealing Mm -hmm. cute French bulldogs in the streets of San Francisco because of desperate poor what Chloe she got and she looks she got punched in the face hard it's not it's uh, that poor girl and her poor dog that's, that's what we predicted we predicted that before too you know well just the, uh, it's the desperation here that. yeah yeah we predicted the fact that desperate times are going to cause desperate measures and people are going to start getting well wow out here those people are broke. Yeah. And yep. that's what breeds the desperate. And I mean, I'm broke and I still have an apartment. Yay. But the people that are, I mean, and it's it's raining right now. I, well, it stopped raining, which is nice, but I feel terrible for anyone who doesn't have shelter right now and that doesn't, right. they have no recourse for ways to get shelter. And it's, and, and 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 that's and that's gonna get them sick. I mean, the cases yeah. are gonna go up because more people are getting sick out of the home because they can't pay their goddamn rent. Yeah, yeah. And so now with them being homeless, that's a better chance for them for catching the virus. Right. Although being this outside is, why we, is we shouldn't. <laughs> But, I mean, this is the reason why these idiots out here who are doing this for their dear leader, y'all are out there for the wrong thing. That entitlement, you said that earlier. Man, that entitlement is one hell of a drug. Sure. Yeah, I'm better than you. That's why I deserve some. If, hey, if there's any entitlement, we should all be clamoring for this vaccine. Mm -hmm. And money. Once that particular strain of COVID is vaccinated against, is it going to continue to mutate? And do we have to take more vaccines or is it going to come? I don't know. I don't understand science that that well, but I just want everyone to and be safe. And they're already having issues with the vaccine, too, so that's already scary. Yeah. Uh, so you know, tell us, Nostradamus us. But, but this is under, 
Oh, sorry. What's your prediction for inauguration night? Um, I think, well, I don't think they're going to have anybody, like, out there because of COVID. Because, you know, usually there's, like, a nice gathering and stuff. Right. Um, I think it's probably going to be, like, on the mall and televised. Um, I think it's going to be the same thing. I think these same clowns that are doing this are going to do the same thing on the inauguration. I, I mean, it's going to build up. These people are, I said this before, there's going to be more mass shootings by, done by these crazies. <sighs> there's going to be more violence because of these crazies. So, in Salem, Oregon, over the weekend, you just had the Proud Boys, who supposedly love the cops and law and order so much, they love the cops so much, they started retaliating against the cops. <laughs> well, there were two shootings so, in Gilroy, but I don't know if that what that was about. It was just like, oh, my God, shootings in Gilroy? What's happening? Why? Why again? And I don't know if it had anything to do with Trump. Just two people got shot in Gilroy again. So everyone hates garlic. I, I don't know. But on top of this political violence and this domestic terrorism, I think, Crime is going to go up because the story that you just told about that woman getting assaulted is going to lead to others, and and it, it's going to be these streets going to be rough. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I, part I, of me is like, I'm kind of cool with staying at home right now. I miss working a lot. I do, and I miss being at the studio and what have you. But a lot of shit can happen. From me, from here to me going to the studio where you are, yeah. or to go to work, especially in the service industry, because now you got these crazy ass troops. You know, you have a crazy person that can come in, and I thought about this all the time when I work at McKellar. Someone who wants to come in and just spray up the place because you have people like these transporters that do that. So I'm kind of yeah. cool right now. Because the, the, the kettle is hot. Well, the kettle is hot, and it's whistling, and it's scary. But I also have no idea how – I mean, I kept Mutiny Radio alive in 2020. I'm very proud of that. I have no idea how I'm going to do it in 2021. I, I mean, I'm just going to have to hustle again, just like I did last year, and just beg everybody for money. But Because there's no way – there's they've shut it down. There's no way to make money right now. Like – there is no hustle. There aren't people out there, which we can't. It's like, how how do I survive? Because unemployment, unemployment isn't going to do it, and there isn't they, – they don't have – they don't have I – don't, I don't know how I'm going to – I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'll make it work. OnlyFans, uh, you can set an OnlyFans channel. You know, right, you might have to do because everybody everybody wants to see a 46-year-old's <laughs> flappy titties. That's exactly what they want, I'm sure. They want to see my, <laughs> well, they're 46-year-old titties, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, uh, I don't, I can't imagine that anybody would be into uh, seeing my. You'd be surprised, sweetheart. Oh, my God. I don't, I, I can't. And your body is karate, so. I think you That's you'd, so you funny. you make some coin. I, so, I think I, you would make some coin with my OnlyFans. <laughs> oh my God, I can't imagine. And you could do your political rants and read poetry naked. I mean, if if there's a market for it, I just can't believe yeah. that there's a market for that. 
romantic There's poetry naked. There's intellectual porn out there. Oh my god. <laughs> I just. But I mean, hey, that's I mean, that's how desperate people are getting. You know, sex you work. have a lot of these. Huh? I'm down. I'm down with. I'm down with distance sex work. That's fine. I mean, whatever. Yeah, I. If just, that's what I gotta do. That's um, what I gotta do. I just read a story about a a woman who was a former pastor, who is now making a lot of money on OnlyFans. Oh, I love it. She's a former. She's a former pastor. Now she's in the sex business. I love it. So and she's making. I think I read that she makes like a hundred G's wow. a month. What? And that's I what I said. I can't believe anybody would want to objectify me that much. I just can't imagine. I honestly. There's a lot of people in this world, sweetheart. <laughs> Everyone has a thing. Yeah, they like. But that's how desperate people are getting. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because like you just said, what what are we supposed to do with everything shut down and businesses closed and then people getting laid off? Right. And then, you know, our government not doing its job. Right. Oh, by the way, I just read that um, it's official, uh, all soft one. So the Democrats take the Senate. Woohoo! Yay. So here's what I have to say about the Democrats, Okay, here's my, here's my. They better not, but, but they better get shit done and don't be pussies. Well, this is. We need, we need people in the Supreme Court. You can keep adding them if you want to. There's no number of Supreme Court justices you can have. Um, we need to, we need our fucking money. We need to work on that vaccine and get this COVID under control. Our, our, our economics here is in shambles. We need police reform. Yeah. We need a lot of things. The Democrats, you have a lot of work to do. I'm going to be having my foot on your neck. And you guys need to charge these people for treason. So here's my here's my prediction for inauguration. I think I think that and I I'm not I don't want this to happen. I want everyone to live and I don't ever want anyone to die. But I think that Biden's going to get assassinated and I think that Kamala's going to be the president and be a bunch of stuff really will get done because she'll have the majority and she has the ideas. And she'll finally be able to push through a bunch of the green agenda, uh, forgiving student loans and all that kind of stuff. But, but I, I don't I hope, hope, I don't hope that anything happens to anybody. But I think right, that in right. this political, but in this political unrest and in this time, and I feel like that's what's gonna, it's gonna be another like JFK kind of situation, another Martin Luther King kind of situation where. These scary white supremacists are domestic terrorists, and they are out. I think that we need police. I mean, I don't like police, but can you please help us from the domestic terrorists? Um, that, no, they are the domestic terrorists. Well, and they are, but then it's, I mean, again, it's white on white crime. But I just, I want to see everybody be safe. Uh, help out your neighbor. Uh, be yeah. kind to someone if I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm scared. Don't don't go along with. I mean, just keep your eyes and ears closed, ladies and gentlemen, and watch these idiots. Laugh at them. They're idiots. This this is a coup. I love how the mainstream media is talking about like 
you don't see this. This is so un-American. Yes, this is. This is America. I have to unfriend someone. The White someone. House was burnt down. What? I have to unfriend someone right now because of their Republican oh. comments. They said they just said this is. I'll close it with this. Democrats protested for four years. You burned cities, destroyed businesses, and killed people, and you call it peaceful protest. The fake news has the nerve to call this protest at the Capitol a riot. Now you want the National Guard called in to gun down Republican protesters. Your double standards are mind-boggling and vile. My favorite part is that he's such an idiot, he put you are. You are apostrophe E, double standards. You fucking idiot. Unfriend, defriended. Gone. Unfollow, unfriend. Unfollow, unfriend. Done and done. Done and done. I don't need. I don't need your Republican idiot rhetoric, and you can't even spell your right. You fucking retard. I. I'm sorry. I used the R word. I'm sorry. I used the R word. I'm sorry. You Republican. I can't believe that. That fucking piece of shit. God, I, I really am so disappointed in so many people that call themselves Americans. Ugh. Okay. Leave us with one more happy thing, Latoya, and then and then I'll I will say I'll say I miss you and I love you and I uh one happy thing that I think we'll be seeing uh is we we'll, we will get two thousand dollars. And I am happy that we do have the house. And I also think that you guys should check out the show called Sherman Showcase. That's on Hulu. And it'll make your life, you'll, you'll smile, you'll laugh. Okay, Find something to laugh at today. I would Watch like these to retards on TV. I'm just, yeah. I can't. No more. <laughs> we gotta, I don't even have words for it. Latoya, you're the best. I think things are going to be okay. And now that, now that we, uh, I'm the one thing I'll say that's positive for the future of the United States is I'm in a lot less fear for the uteruses of young ladies, and that they are going to be able to make choices for their own bodies, and that the human rights of women will continue to be upheld in the United States. And I am much less worried about the overturning of Roe v. Wade than I was a couple months ago. So, um, yeah, at least. At least, ladies, we're still going to have choice over our own bodies. Yay! Human rights. But, Yay. you know, who, what other choices Happy do we have? Happy New Year! Uh, hey, thanks so much again for calling in. You're the best. And uh, I, You're the best, too. And it's wonderful to um, bring in the new year with you. And I will see you when this pandemic is over. But I miss you. I miss you too. It's almost a year and counting. This is some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, but everybody be safe. Like we say, it, it it does suck to be locked down, and it is bullshit, and we hate it. But you know what? Safety for all. Wear we're your masks. Alive. Keep let's keep the numbers low in San Francisco. Um, I think we're still at 196 dead. So let's keep those numbers low. Wear your masks. Stay at home. Only go out if you really, really have to. And uh. And keep yourselves and your family safe and be be kind to those around you. All right. Love, love, love. Love, love, love. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? 
Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> As the world gets wackier and less predictable in every way, it is more important than ever for us to all remember our roots. We wouldn't be here today if our ancestors hadn't had the capacity and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them and their own two hands. My name is Wonia Thibault of Buckskin Revolution and Alone Season 6, and I started Buckskin Revolution not just to empower people with a wider range of skills to meet their basic needs, but also to inspire them with a sense of fulfillment and connection that comes with living a little closer to the earth and using our bodies, our minds, and our very DNA for what they evolved to do, to help us thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. If that sounds appealing to you, I hope you'll join me for the Fall 2020 Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been more pressing, and Buckskin Revolution is working hard to bring them to you. I hope you can join us. Get connected with yourself and the world around you at buckskinrevolution.com. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience, like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two people's paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hey, you, poetry reader. This is Bjork's sister, Mjork. It's okay. We also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radio's AltaCast, zoomed every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. One of our co-hosts from Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Andy Talbot, has a new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, which is available at analogsubmission.com now. Go buy it. 
and don't let the poets lie to you. Once again, that's Andy Talbot's new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, available at analogsubmission.com. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch a full-length movie. San Francisco, what are you doing this week? Come join Mutiny Radio Presents for four different comedy shows supporting local businesses in the Mission District and beyond. On Sunday, join us in the Tenderloin at Resolute Wine Bar, 678 Geary, for Barrel of Laughs at Resolute, an amazing comedy show with the best wines curated by Resolute. On Wednesdays, join us at Asiento. At and 21st and Bryant for dinner and a show at Asiento. Delicious tapas, incredible drinks, hilarious comedy. Wednesday nights at 7.30. On Fridays at 7 o'clock, join us outside mutinyradio.fm here at 21st and Florida. 7 o'clock for outdoor comedy, socially distanced in the street. And Saturdays, join us at Atlas Cafe SF. 20th in Alabama for Titans of Comedy every Saturday at 2 o'clock. Hey, keep supporting local businesses and comedy here in San Francisco with your friends at Mutiny Radio. The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active... Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Welcome to LWAFLML. Carl. Yes, O-T-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Welcome to L-W-A, Concerning Cough During a Pandemic, F-L-M-O-Y-T. <laughs> Better known as Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Sorry, I, I coughed a little bit. Yeah, Hi, I know. Carl. I just caught a computer virus. Thanks. It's COVID-21. You got the cookie monster virus. COVID-21. Oh, yes. Okay. God bless. I'm in talks with Michael Bay to make that movie. Welcome to the show. So good at movies. We are called Let's Watch a Full Make Movie on YouTube. But we go by the acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast. We'd love for you to follow our Twitter account. Be one of the 30 that does. And then we have a great YouTube channel uh, curated by Carl. It's L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. And we're also on YouTube as Let's Watch uh, on Facebook. 
because let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Spiegelman and Carl. We also stream first on mutinyradio.fm, uh, which we really love, and we would yeah. love for you guys to go ahead and donate. Go to Venmo and go donate some money to the radio station at Mutiny Radio, and uh, that would help us out considerably. But we are on every Sunday afternoon, 5 p.m. Eastern, so you can hear our show first. What we do is we play, we talk over a movie, and you watch the movie on YouTube and listen to the podcast. And we've been doing this for about four or five years. Yeah. Have over 400 episodes, all available on MutinyRadio.fm and the podcast archives. Just look for an acronym with a concerning cough in it, <laughs> and then see a list. We actually have a list. We did this last year. You know, we have done every week movie. A couple of weeks we skipped. A couple of weeks we did not. And uh, we uh, want to just take a year review. Uh, the way our show works is that I've always read about these movies uh, growing up, but you never had an opportunity to see these weird movies. And now they're all on YouTube, so we get to see it. So unlike other movie shows, we just talk over the movie, which is like <laughs> other shows. So, uh, but Carl does a lot of research on these movies, and he has a lot of information about it. And uh, a lot of the hard work is through Carl to make this happen. Anyway, we have a lot of movies this year. Carl, do you have any films that just stand up this year? Anything, anything noticeable about the films we watched? There are many films that stand out, but there's too many for me to make a top ten list, so I just sort of did them all. Well, you know what we can do is we started off the year with one of our most pop winds up being one of our most popular videos on YouTube. Yeah. It's the 1984 film. They're playing with fire. Right. It's an entire sentence for a movie title. Uh, and that had uh, 28.7 thousand uh, views. Also, our synced up podcast with the movie. So uh, that's a it's a great film. I really like that. Civil Danning and yeah. uh, some terrible kid uh, run amok and their yeah, uh, Eric husband's Brown boat. Is, it was a terrible kid, and they didn't have any chemistry. You know, they didn't uh, they 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 didn't like each other off screen, and you, it really showed. Yeah, I agree with you. She really seemed like she was ready to make a movie, and he was not into it. No. Uh, one of our favorite. So that's you can find us. These movies are not listed with the titles. So when you do go to miniradio.fm uh, uh, and then go to podcast archives and go to LWF, uh, our, our thing, uh, you will see that they're just by dates. So this is just considered a guide. So we just mentioned January 5th. January 12th, we did a movie directed by Larry Hagman, Beware Bob. Yeah. The Where the Blob. That was all Hagman. 1972 Hagman. So he was in between uh, television epics. Right. That's the only movie he ever directed. And basically it was a bunch of his neighbors. Like Murgis Meredith, Meredith. Yeah. But Del Close, the godfather of improv. Do you, do you remember the comedian who passed away who was on it? Chester Haggis. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of uh, it's a, it's, a, it's a, it was good. I like it. it was kind of a parody of a kind of comedy, like improv comedy about horror movies. Well, I mean, it was the blob. I mean, it was a legit movie with a plot and everything and main characters. It was just a lot of fun. Do you remember Shirley was in it? <laughs> she was the hippie Cindy Williams. Yes, heavy Cindy Williams is in it. She was great. Not the first time we've seen a movie with her. Right. Uh, she was in Gasts. Right. Uh, the Roger Corbin. Well, so we recommend Beware the Blob, and that is January 12th. All right. 
January 19th, we did Lost Angels, starring that BC boy who acted in the movie Lost Angels from 1989. Adam Horowitz. Adam Horowitz, yes. Uh, and he was like a, a rich kid, or was he just like a confused kid? He was like a, a upper middle class. But do, do you remember why we did that movie, Mike? Yes, I do. Uh, the BC boys had written the memoirs. Yeah. I remember like BC book and Adam Horowitz says, whatever you do, do not watch this movie. I'm embarrassed by <laughs> and it. So you said we must immediately watch this movie. Absolutely. So I fell for it and we watched it. And you know, I actually agree with Adam Horowitz. No, it's it's fine. Yeah. I remember the movie when it came out. Paulie Shore was in it. Paulie Shore was in the institution. He was kid number three. Yeah. That that helped launch his career. So we we appreciate you, Adam Horowitz. Okay, one last thing. Let me just say about this film. It, the director went on to be a for real director. I mean, he did Chariots of Fire and Greystoke, you know, Lord of Apes, Tar Tarzan movie, essentially. And also Donald Sutherland was in it, but he's no slouch even then. Well, he's, he's a prolific actor, to put it mildly. He'll, he's in everything, so it didn't surprise me, but yeah, he, he yelled it. You know, one of the nice things that happened in 2020 was that the public domain laws were re uh, finally reinstated what? after a 20 year hiatus and right. movies went into the public domain. And one of the nice things we can do every January is to take a new movie that is in the public domain and watch it in peace. Exploit that. Yeah, so we exploited that on January 26th, if you're going down our list on the archive. And it was a movie called Peter Pan from 1924. Yeah. Pan. It's funny, Pan's from the lusty god of music, and that's not what Peter Pan is. No. Well, this, this was like, I guess, based really on the book or the play, I guess. On that's the book, it... yeah. It was a, I'm not, I think it was a book first, but certainly it, the movie was the play, at least the interstitials. They tried to capture the play on film. It was slightly different. There was that animal guy. Do you remember him? Yeah, I do. And, and we think he was also the crocodile. And um, one thing that was peculiar is in the U.S. version, they raised the American flag, you know, stars and stripes. But in the British version, they're raising the Union Jack. Oh, wow. Well, that's, uh, I don't know. I, I think Peter Pan's playing it both ways. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Yeah, I think, I think he's, so. He's got some, some scheme going on. He's like, there's a, the World War. I know which side I'm going to ally with. Oh, yeah, it was a silent movie, and that really upset me because if it's in the public domain, that means we can play the audio. <laughs> uh, well, the, no, but the movie is in the public domain, but the music version might be different rights. Uh-huh, I see. That's right. I think you would have still... mentioned that in the episode. All right, well, that was a controversial moment during Peter Pan. That's We're now in February. February 9th, we did Furry Vengeance from nineteen yeah. from 2010, which is, of course, Brendan Fraser versus a raccoon. Yeah, the, the movie that killed Brendan Fraser's career. Well, you know, he, he had an interview and he revealed a lot of stuff about his life. Yeah. But yeah, I think I do agree. Furry well, Vengeance he admits he's ashamed of this film. I mean, I am being a jerk to him, but he admits he's ashamed of this film. I don't know, well, the we, director was for real. He did... Cruel Intentions and The Sweetest Thing. And so the all I remember is this, here is Brendan Fraser, one of the biggest international movie stars right. in the last two decades. 
finding a raccoon squirrel puppet like on the floor like pretending he's a real thing and like giving it his all like there's nothing no wrong with his performance except that i was asked to do it yeah. he used to be in great shape you know he did the action movies but he eased up on this demanding physical rec uh, regimen for this movie he thought it'd be funny to you know be the dad right with the muffins right Okay, look, the best thing about this film, Billy Bush. Billy Bush is in it. Yeah, so well, Billy Bush from the this, from the Donald Trump tape accent. Right. Yes. Yeah. He's really from the Bush family and he was on Access Hollywood, the, the Trump controversy. So there you go. There's our uh But look, uh, we gotta make a Trump. shout out to these comedians, Mike. I think you forgot. Remember Jim Norton was in it. Yeah, Jim Norton, that's right. I remember it was kind of the Jim Norton crew in there. It was and cool. Patrice yeah. O'Neill, who had some sort of tragic story, right? He died early. Yeah, so that's right. All right, so Patrice O'Neill. So he had a bunch of good comics. So would you recommend Furry Vengeance? Ron we saw Riggle. On um, was it? Ron Riggle, that, that's a comedian who became an actor. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's fun. Uh, you're right about that scene. It's clear he's, it's a puppet. But uh, I don't know, it entertains. Yeah, it's entertaining. <laughs> It shouldn't have killed his career. That's too rough. It's not that. Yeah. On February 16th, we watched Wildflowers from 1999. Yeah. A movie from 1999, Carl, yeah. the best year ever. Yeah, remember our, our joke about Roadrunner? <laughs> beep, beep. Yes. So this is a film that's shot in the Bay Area, which is as separable as our show is. I, if it's from the Bay Area, I'd like to see mm -hmm. it. And it's out of Sausalito. Uh, and there's these boats. You know, wouldn't it be cool to live in a boathouse, Carl? Right. It was. It's not. It, it really Kelly lived there, and it was great. It was Claire, uh, Clea Duvall. Yeah, well, here's a film where I think it was Daryl Hannah was a, a yes. woman of the hippie. The mom. And, uh, she was the mom. She was she not was the, mom. the mom. Well, so the, the girl, uh, the teenager, comes of age and comes meets her real mom, who was a hippie. Yes. And when she, she tells Daryl, she goes, Daryl, I'm your daughter. And Daryl says, beep, beep. <laughs> That was, that was a that was a funny joke at that episode right there. But it was a good movie. I like that oh, one. It was so sweet. That excellent scene, which they were in the wilderness in that abandoned house, right? It was or like a lean to or something. And yeah, she goes, "You're my mom." And she goes, "Shoom, beep beep." <laughs> oh, <laughs> runner! <laughs> if she can't choose you, your mom. You're my mom. Blues Travelers was in that. Yeah, it was good. It was a good cast. And Eric Roberts. I don't know. It was all. Yeah, yeah, so Eric Roberts, right before he kind of, he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, bring, I'll take it. Hello, I'll take it. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought maybe it would be someone who's yeah. offering. No, hi, mom. Hi. Hello, this is you reach Eric Roberts. I'll take the role. Hello, your vehicle. This is the vehicle notification uh, call. Sounds great. I'll be there on Monday. All right, Eric so Robert style four 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 four. He gives a sincere. He's he gives a really good performance in that. Yeah, I'll, I'll he does. It. It's, he it's a good movie. It's worth looking out. I we saw that popcorn film channel, I believe. Our next film. Oh yeah, that's right. There was a, it was a North Beach Cafe that she was in. I'm not sure. I just know it was Wynn County and a bunch oh, right. of San Francisco. Yeah, and she had a yeah. great house. It was like there was a courtyard in the back. Yeah, no, it's beautiful up there. Absolutely. So yeah, you get to see it. And a lot of hippies, you know, 
mm -hmm. there. So older, older hippies. So it was good. It's a solid movie. Not as good as the Matrix from that year, but you know. Right, not as good as the Matrix. Our show, uh, on February 23rd, we watched Bugsy Malone from 1976. Fun film. Fun film. All the kids under 17 years old, every single cast member, including Jodie Foster, Scott Bayo, and Dexter Fletcher. Yes, who we know from The Mo Mad Monkey. What is it? Uh, Desperate. Oh, yeah. Uh, the <laughs> what is Twisted that? Obsession. Yeah, Twisted Obsession. Twisted Obsession, which was in England called The Mad Monkey, and in Spain was called El Sueño de Lo Moco, uh, Mono Loco. So, a lot of history to that movie. So, I Dexter Fletcher. Uh, director, yeah. Yeah, Rocket Man, for fuck's Rocket sake. Man. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. And he took over from Ryan Singer, as it were. In uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. He also did Bohemian Eddie Rhapsody. the Eagle. Eddie the Eagle was a fun film. Uh, it was 2015. Uh, it's a little unrealistic, that film, but he did a good job. So he went on to, he is something interesting. But there also the music of Paul Williams was in it, and they did the adults instead of king, kids as singers. Yeah. Well, you know, they have, uh, they reenact gangsters, the, the whole the film lore of gangsters, and they sing as a musical as part of yeah. film lore. They're also kids. So instead of gunfire, there's uh, pie fights. Right. And it's directed by Alan Parker, who did Pink Floyd The Wall, of course. And it's just a stylized Avita, and and it's and it's just as great as those films. Even yeah. though it's hard to get over the fact they're kids. He was uh, ashamed of this film for years, and it wasn't in his memoirs. And it was like when he was in his like eighty late eighties that he finally said, "You know, this film is fun." Do you remember the pedal cars? Yeah, right. That's how they got around, like the Flintstones. And you already mentioned the splurge guns. That was a lot of fun. And the songs were fun. You know, it was it was good. It was Scott Bale made out with Jodie Foster behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, you know, if you go to his Twitter account, he lists uh, Buzzy Malone as one of his films. He should. It yeah. was his first. You know, he didn't even want to do it. He was sick of going into Manhattan. It was his parents. He wasn't a big famous guy. And he, they... He, you know, he went in, he read the thing, and he slammed it down and left. And and the director was like that. Alan Parker was like, "This guy's for me." Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And he did. He holds it together. And then he became Chachi. So it's definitely uh, Chachi. Yeah. Yeah. One, it's one last thing. Do you remember yeah. that actor who played the tough guy? Remember? Yeah. He came from Brooklyn, he was an unknown. This, this Alan Parker went to all these schools and said, who's the worst kid in this class? And they went, you know, they pointed at him. He, I don't know. He just fell into the role and he did it perfect. Our next film was actually, we, uh, as you know, the pandemic, Carl flew over uh, to San Francisco to Mini right. Radio Studios. Uh, we were part of the fifth annual Mini Radio Comedy Festival. And we were very excited because we had multiple shows uh, one uh, with live audience as well. And uh, so on the July, so that aired uh, live. Uh, was that the one where, uh, no. So well, was this the one? Dante's Inferno and um, the Tarantino film. Right. So we watched Dante's Inferno, another uh, movie from My Best Friends Yeah. Which was pretty good for, you know, it was a bridge version, to be honest with you. It wasn't, you know, they couldn't fit everything in that 25 minutes. 
and well, then we will it was like burnt in a fire there's only 36 minutes that remain of it but the burnt in a fire might be a myth as well well that's true maybe they cover the other two books uh but, but they can burned I just say i really enjoyed going out to san francisco this was two weeks before lockdown we didn't know it was coming i didn't know it was coming no and you were very hospitable we did a lot of agents of insanity appearances together um we did that show where we did clips about san francisco and the playlist on luggage tuesdays we did the rats are coming the werewolves are here we had a lot of fun that visit it was like a week and a day or something it was good oh absolutely so i i would say like if you want to check it out uh listen to our march 1st episode and carl it was great to have you in san francisco and, I, and absolutely we did some sketch uh some stand-up shows as well yeah uh, if you check out later in the month on march 22nd the rats are coming the werewolves are here we had comedians from the festival join us yeah uh, so you can go ahead and listen to that and then uh, just like rounding off uh march 8th we did ape for 1975 six carl fill me in my, my uh, head's full of holes okay the reason is ape was unremarkable ape was attempting to be a ripoff of king kong it was 19 uh of 1976 it was the south korean american venture but it had 3d effects that was oh. like a hook and the you know it did ape with the mash asterisks in between it um they got sued right away right away and they had to change the name it was going to be called the new king kong huh. uh and it was a 1.5 million dollar lawsuit and these guys just threw up their hands and said okay we changed the name all right no problem yeah. they named yeah, it super on. ape super ape <laughs> gotcha all right well there's that's, that's the reason why i had no idea uh moving on march 15th was swap meat the delightful yeah. film for 1979 swap meat uh it's kind of unremarkable but it was i don't know it was nice to see danny devito at the age of taxi and uh raya perlman um you know back in the day but my favorite part of this film was it starred not bud court your favorite character actor who looks a lot like character actor bud court but yeah. he's not bud danny court. goldman is his name well danny goldman was memorable in it it was basically it would be great now during the pandemic to go to a drive-in movie house that we open up park your car and watch swap me which takes place in the 70s in a drive-in movie house where during the day the drive-in movie theater the parking lot becomes a swap meet yes where people sell their stuff and it was the adventure it was pretty solid i, I liked the movie it had a memory john Gryers was in it scott priors uh john Gryers, who you like from joysticks he was king vidyat in joysticks. oh that's right sure and from uh napoleon dynamite that guy's great uncle rico yeah uncle rico yeah he was very funny in that and swap me uh as we mentioned march 22nd was the rats are coming the werewolves are here a low yeah. budget film directed by a low budget cult director whose name andy, I milligan. This. andy milligan andy milligan this was 1969 he was in this all england and in this house and he's like such an opportunity he filmed four films there and he filmed them simultaneously god yeah so it made and then he had it together the only thing i remember about this film besides having uh some great comics with us yeah was that there was one girl who was stabbing a, a rat with a knife and yeah. she was really stabbing but yeah. she was playing with it like like i'm going to see how close that can hit but she and hit she them the radical that's right so that's it that's what you can see it's on youtube as well mm -hmm. uh on march 29th our last movie was 
National Lampoon's Robo Dot. That was fun. 2008. National Lampoon, like you said, it was written by two doctors. Two real medical doctors wrote the uh, story. It's it's a robo doc who walks around some hospital and much to the charge. He's data. That was our Star Trek connection. He pretends he's data. Was Michael Winslow shows up in the first three minutes, doesn't do a sound effect. He does one when he quits the, right. the hospital right. and he goes, beep, beep, blurp, I'm out of here. Yeah, and right. That's it. That's it. And then he gets top billing. That All right. Just, well, what about Alan Thicke then? I'm Alan Thicke and... Uh, yeah, it was all right. You know, he, he, God bless him, rest in peace. I don't think it was when he died. It was, but he just, I don't know, they hired Eric Roberts' phone must have been down that day. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, they did manage to get the kid from uh, uh, Married with Children they and his wife. Down. And his wife. His then wife. His then wife is one of the nurses in this film. I enjoyed that film. I recommend it. It was stupid. Well, it was like his 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 robo doc abilities is seducing nurses, <laughs> which we see in first person. Oh, robo doc! That perfume you're wearing—it's enticing he me. Looks like the brother. No, he died. Uh, the brother died, and so like he made robo doc to sort of be in the image of his brother, like as an homage. And then the old girlfriend showed up, the fiance, who was—you know—that's why there was an attraction. Okay. National Lampoon's name is also on National Lampoon's Replicate. We watched Very, that good. Very uh, good film. From 2002, more of a standard National Lampoon movie. It's about these college kids, and they just can't get a woman. And wouldn't it just be great if they just built a woman? <laughs> so, weird science, they build a replicate named Kate. Right. Replicate. Replicate. They replicated she, her. They replicated her. See, they replicate her, and there's shenanigans in the collegiate lab. And but more importantly, she learns to become a dude. And at the end of the well, film, yeah. that was yeah. the whole plot. They they said, okay, we're raising a child here, so let's raise her to like sex and drink beer and be into sports and all the uh, like uh, heterosexual jock things. So they get exactly what they deserve. Now look. It, She's a beauty pageant title holder, this actress. She was beautiful. She won yeah. Miss USA. She's with, with George Bush, and the first lady saw her movie and asked her to saw this movie. And so she was sitting next to them in the State of Union. You know, she was sitting by the mom. All right. Well, there, yeah. And uh, she's, she's funny in the movie. I mean, she definitely <laughs> holds it together. But, yeah, it's kind of like a... No, wait. What about Eugene Levy? It was oh great, this movie. Right, so he uh, he was like a mayor or something like that. He didn't have well, a he twin. Was the, he was the head of the lab, right? And so <laughs> right. they were his grad students working under him with the cloning machine, you know? So he was, where's my report? The president's going to, this thing better work. You're going to work all night. He did that. But, but remember, he got replicated himself. And they, all they taught him how to say is, get out of here. <laughs> it was very funny. This was a good film. Replicates had about three or four days to be learn what to do. But, he, but the clone doesn't know anything. So all he knows is how to say, get out of here. Get out, get out, get out, get out. 
That's All right. Good good one from so now, now we're gonna get Eugene Levy comedy. Just act stupid. Okay, wait. Well, let's replicate. Yeah, it is with her, like, kind of being a toxic dude to the drinks, and they, they have to stay at home while she drinks beer. Okay, so uh, on April 12th, we watched from 1925, I believe, another public domain movie, The Salvation yeah. Hunters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, this was not a public domain movie. This was uh, Joseph von Sternberg's artistic film that helped launch his career about a bunch of uh, existential ne'er-do-wells by the river docks. Right, right. Do you remember he put the Vaughn in the middle of his name just to sound cool, to sound European? Right, because he was Joseph Sternberg, and I had I had watched the uh, three of his films were on part of a box set. One of the few times I went to the library before shutdown, mm-hmm. and I watched the collection. And I actually held on to it during quarantine, and uh, this film was always mentioned as like this was how he he got attention and stuff like that. And well, played he flipped it into Charlie Chaplin's home. He made it as if it had been a delivery. <laughs> And Charlie Chaplin was like, oh, what? You know, I can't do Chaplin. He's, he's what the hell is this? And he re-reeled it. See, when Salvation Hunters came out, it, it bombed. It, it just completely bombed. Nobody went. The audience was the cast members. Uh, so he snuck it into Charlie Chaplin's house. And Charlie Chaplin liked the film. He fell in love with it. April 19th, we watched Kung Fu Mahjong 2. Right. Now, you remember why we saw Kung Fu Mahjong 1 by mistake, remember? Right. I was looking for a different film directed by Johnny Cho, uh, and I gave Carl the wrong link. And we watched a film called Kung Fu Mahjong, which was great. It was a parody of Kung Fu Hustle, and it had a lot of Mahjong jokes, which is what I look for in Mahjong movies. And the director went on to make the sequel, two sequels, back-to-back. Right. And, yeah, like, two's not bad. This one came out the same year. In 2005, January, Kung Fu Mahjong came out, and this one came out, I forget what month, but it was also 2005. Yeah, and it's solid. It's a funny movie. Yeah. It's, uh, it there, I think, uh, I don't know, you know, I, you should check out a film called Kung Fu Heroes from the early 80s. It's on Netflix now, and it has a lot of Mahjong jokes in it. It's, uh, you can you kind of see like how this kind of helped pave the way for Kung Fu Mahjong. I was teasing you that she dies in the end. Like you thought I, you know, I was like, it's too bad when she dies. It's tragic. Yeah, you know, I fell I for it. I did fall for it. Didn't the director of Kung Fu Mahjong 2 also act in it? Uh, yeah, he was the, I think maybe that was Kung Fu Mahjong 1. Oh, okay. The, the head of the mob guy. And his girlfriend was, you know, it wasn't the daughter. It was his girlfriend that he liked. And Okay, that's the, the wrong year. Yeah. She well, doesn't Carl, die go. in the end. I just went, oh, I'm going to ruin it for people. Kung Fu Mahjong 2. She doesn't <laughs> die in the end. I, I fell for you. I fell you for it back then. On April 26th, if you're looking at our list, 426, we watched On the Right Track from 1981. With the guy, Gary Coleman, who somehow you're tied with the same birth year. Yeah, we were born in the same. stuck on your mind. Yeah. 12 years old in this film. 
Well, it's about a, a homeless kid who's been sleeping in the uh, Chicago train station uh, luggage box because he's so petite, who has this uncanny knack of picking the horses, which become makes him a celebrity and also gets into a heap of trouble. Right. And Nor TV's Norman Fell also shows up. And it was a television director, I believe. Yeah, uh, Lee Phillips, he was a director and an actor, but he earned a Razzie for worst actor. I don't know. He did all right. <laughs> Maureen well, Stapleton. So wait, the, the lead in uh, On the Right Track, the, the, the adult lead, got a Razzie? Gary Coleman got a Razzie for oh, yeah. Worst Actor. That's too bad. I don't think he was That's too bad. Actor. That's a little harsh. Yeah. Well, I think he produced it, too. It was one of his, so hopefully he made some money off of it back in the day that went to him, of course. Right. The late Gary Coleman. Uh, yeah, it's good. You know what? It's available on YouTube, and if you're a fan of uh, Different Strokes, and if you know who we're talking about, you have an opportunity to watch this theatrical release movie from 1980. Uh, one, it's not very good, but uh, he's funny in it. Yeah. And I have more to say about it, but we're moving on to one of your favorite films of all time. Of all time. On uh, May 3rd, we watched Meatballs 3. And Carl, let me just tell you, here's what I got to say. It was National Foods, Animal House, and Porky's kind of made this whole genre, this whole industry of these teen sex comedies. But both of those films took place in the 60s. Yeah. It wasn't until Stripes from 79 that kind of was a huge film about present-day teenagers, awkward about sex and learning about sex and facing it head-on and all that garbage. And there was also like a, a, I think it's called Lemonade or something like that. I forget, but there was oh. other films like that. But, you know, so Meatballs kind of had this thing. The sequel, which not a lot of people know about, and I can't find, had like Phoebe Herman as a bus driver. It had E.T. as a camp member. As a, oh, as a It had a Richard Mulligan as like a general Patton counselor. It was kind of like a hodgepodge. But then Meatballs 3 is like a generic, it's like a ditto of a ditto. It's like, a, you know, a <laughs> third generation dub of what these movies are about. Which is the first one that doesn't take place in a summer camp. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a summer job. He's got a summer job. Yeah, because they named there's a full title is Meatballs Three Summer Job. Like I think to differentiate it on yes. the uh, uh, through the markets, but it was Patrick Dempsey who, at the, as a teenager, was in a lot of these weird '80s teenage films, which you know he's moved on, of course. But he goes, he has a summer job working at like some kind of West Palm Springs. I don't know, like some. Well, Florida. it was a bar. It was a bar. But it was a bar in the docks, like in the water, like right. they, it was a floating bar. And the guy who ran it was a motorcycle dude, and Me the dude too. had a girl, and he can't mess with his girl. His girl right. lives on the top floor of the bar, and the dude throws guys out who try to fool with his girl, and so out of the, out of the roof. Yeah, and all the all the partiers are like, "Yeah, you tell him, Buster." You and know, they like on it. Yeah, it's like spring break every weekend. So he goes to a summer job, but also concurrently, there is a uh, porn star who died and went to heaven, but can't get to the through the pearly gates unless the porn star ghost gets that particular nerd laid during the summer. Right, Roxy, Roxy. Played by Sally Kellerman, our MASH connection, who was right. in our Hot Lips. Uh, What's that? Star Trek connection, too. Yeah. Oh, do tell. Uh, well, it was called uh, 
uh, it was the pilot episode for Star Trek. She was like the ship's counselor kind of person. And she, um, it was called Where No Man Has Gone Before. And it's uh, she, Sally Kellerman. She's well, there you go. connection. She was a celebrity too. She would always do uh, the paparazzi shots and she was known for going to Cannes Film Festival and getting her photo taken mm-hmm. there as well. And she she plays it like a 1930s dame, which is strange, but the movie well, she is She plays it like Mae West. She thinks Mae West has a sexy voice. Yeah. So it's a strange film. And then Meatballs 4 was actually Ski Academy or something like that. Uh-huh. Corey Feldman and Jack Nance, HBO Chase. Oh, yes, yes, yes. All right. Well, that's why I say one of the greatest movies ever made. May 10th, we watched Mr. Billion. Mr. Billion with a B. Yes. I like that film. And uh, it was the star of like the biggest movie star in Europe. He did a lot of spaghetti westerns. He was from Italy. And this was supposed to be the big launch for him in the United States. Right. He was paired against uh, Jackie Gleason, who at yeah. the time was still acting. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's a, it's a, he had a partner, but he was a partner wasn't in this film. But the guy's charming. You know, he's kind of a cipher in this film. His the character's name is because he's from Italy. He was Guido. Yeah, and that's the right. Is, the slur, the slur. They, I get, they didn't mean it as an Italian slur, but that certainly right. is what it is, and was then too. I guess the man's real name was Guido, but it didn't come off very well. He he got notified that his uh, uncle or something has died, and he can inherit the Trans America build the Bank of America building in San Francisco if he drives from Italy to San Francisco. So he flies over to America. The whole company becomes CEO. But Jackie Gleason wants to stop it, and so they're on the road. He flies to America. He meets a gal. They drive across to San Francisco. Valerie Perrine. Yeah, that's right, Valerie Shereen, Shereen, who's from uh, Cuckoo's Nest, I believe. Yeah, and Cannonball. Yeah, Cannonball, of course. So it, you know, it has its moments. The, the everyone's charming in it, but uh, it was a film. I don't know. It's a strange little film. Yeah, I and, like it. Uh, um, Slim Pickens was in it. Remember? Yeah. What is well, it? golly, okay. I took my farm. I like to move on to the next one, Carlos. Uh, May seventeenth, we watch. What's that? <laughs> Well, okay. Rosebud Beach Hotel. Bosom yeah. Buddies guy. Peter Solari gets a hotel and it might as well play like a sitcom. It had, I don't know, it was charming. I don't know. I liked it. Well, I, I mean, it, it had this that guy who always plays Dracula. Um, Francisco Scum, you know, Count Dooku from Star Wars, remember? Christopher, Christopher Lee, right? Right, so, right, right. Yeah. And Fran Dresser. Fran Dresser, geez, yeah. Young young eighties Fran uh, Dressers. Definitely worth watching. <laughs> she was good at really um, it. Do you remember the uh, the pictures that were Duran Duran album covers? You know what I remember? The Bellboys are a comedy duo, right? Yeah, and they would just yeah. be in their own little world. Right. And they, they talk like, you know, they talk like or detached a little doing sticks. Like it was like straight pavilion, like yeah. more 80s cocaine type of uh, humor. It was really <laughs> interesting. They had that party in the room downstairs. Yeah. I don't know. It's worth it. It was a, it was a good film. But also, was... don't you remember um, Chuck McCann was in it? Um, yes. And, uh, 
Eddie Deason was in it. He was an alien, remember? Yeah, I, I'm telling you, it's a good movie. Because I think the Rosebud Beach Hotel was that. That was not in California, right? No, it was, it was in Florida. It was Florida. It was the father of Colleen Camp owned it. And he was giving the bachelor party dude, uh, Peter Scolari, a chance to run it and prove himself. Do you remember Mo Monique Gabriel was in that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. It's good. It's solid. So you should check it out. It's oh, amazing. Wait. I know you're going away. So I just got to say the last thing. The lead singer of... Um, uh gosh what was that band called um the runaways you remember cherry bomb right it's yeah her I'm trying and her to... twin sister yeah that's right they're in there and they sing the songs a couple songs in there mm -hmm. all right uh we'll, we'll remember the name obviously our, our listeners know who we're talking about uh hopscotch 1980 was our film on may 24th if you check out that episode on our archives that's with walter matthau and uh, I my mom promised me to see that movie, and uh, I did. I I broke something, and as punishment, I was never allowed to see it. I saw that movie forty years later, and I'm glad I never saw it as a kid. And, you know, I, I wouldn't appreciate it. Yeah, that's right. It really wasn't a movie for a kid. It was a espionage. Um, you can't fire me. I'll be a jerk to you if you do. Film, and I forget how did we just. I, f I forget how we found it, but but nonetheless, it was just a lot of fun. It was produced by that um, childhood friend of Walter Matthau's, and it was based on the novel. It was all right. Mozart was the, the soundtrack. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's definitely like take this job and screw it, but it has this geopolitics, uh, political, and very just dry humor to it as he just fucks things up and uh, for, for other people, it's, it's definitely worth watching. And it's a great, Julie Christie, right? Was in that as well. Yeah. And Glenda Jackson. Glenda and Jackson. Glenda Jackson is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Also, it changed the movie industry a little bit because they did this direct distribution release to the film. They bypassed traditional methods and just send it to the theaters themselves. Uh, and made the theater owners profit participants, and they signed 154 theaters with advanced payments. Sure, we'll take your money, and distributed it that way. Right. Well, there you go. And uh, thus created IFC. Uh, on uh, May 20, 31st, we watched one of the second of the three films I loved from this year. Uh, Quinn Tarantino's 2007 film is on YouTube. We're talking about Death Proof. I, I, I'll be very brief because I wrote a really long dissertation. It's it's part of a, it was theatrically released as Grindhouse, yeah. which had two connecting movies. Uh, first was a Robert Rodriguez film, which I was just watching today, Planet Terror. Oh. Yeah. You know, in, in Planet Terror, there's a scene where in the beginning of the film, the radio says, and this is in memoriam of our own Jungle Julia. So it references uh, Death Proof. And it has characters that show up in Death Proofs. I think my biggest complaint is that it sh they should really release what they release in theaters. Both uh -huh. Death Proof and Planet Terror were re-released on video cassette as extended official theatrical versions. And they added scenes in Death Proof that they should have never included. You know, like uh -huh. the the striptease and then the uh, whole shoe, the foot licking Italian Vogue uh, right, right. convenience store. 
It's a dream within a dream. You dream about these women, they have phone conversations under text messages with Simon Christensen, and then they get killed, and then we watch it again, and this time they fight better, you know, like, yeah, it's a very okay. strange movie. One of the weirder movies I've ever seen. It just, uh, it seemed like I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in a dream. The daughter of, of Cheryl Ladd was in it, and, and uh, who, Zoe Bell, who was the stunt woman, Right. You know, and that's another weird thing I, I would have to say is that she was a someone for Uma Thurman and Kill Bill. I mean, right. it, in Kill Bill, Uma Thurman did her own stunt and got hurt in a car accident. And that was on Quentin Tarantino's request. And then the following movie, he did a film where he took Uma Thurman's stunt woman and put her in distress in a different car situation, just a car yeah. stunt situation. Yeah. It's weird. You know, he came up with the idea with um, uh, Sean Penn. They were in a hotel together for some reason, I don't know, and they were drinking. And he and uh, Tarantino was like, I w I'm going to get a Volvo. I'm just afraid of dying in a car crash. It's just stupid. I'm getting a Volvo. And so he said, well, why don't you just get a Hollywood stunt crew, pay them about, you know, $1,500, and they'll death proof it for you. They'll soup it up like, you know like a nascar's cage it goes death proof death proof that gave him the idea a stuntman's car i don't know the rest of the slasher stuff but that's what the you know per kill that was his eureka moment yeah and his well, jukebox was in the film wasn't that dumb his jukebox well he shows up as himself uh and like he always says these films where you hang out so this film you literally hang out with him himself yeah. in his own bar and yeah. his own jukebox which he meticulously compiled himself yeah uh, yeah it's a weird movie i don't, I don't know what to tell you what about the sheriff the son and the the father and son sheriff team well that's why you need to see it as grindhouse because they show up first in planet terror first off Tarantino has always said, I have two types of movies. One about real people, like in uh, Pulp Fiction, you know, mm -hmm. and then the movies they would like to see, like uh, From Dust to Dawn, where the, the Michael Parks sheriff first appeared. Michael Parks appeared and got killed and blown up and, you know, caught on fire uh, by George Clooney in the beginning of From Dust to Dawn. Right. And then Reinhouse, he's, he's not only is he alive, but his daughter works as a nurse at a hospital. And his son's also, a uh, you know, so you meet his mom in the first one. And then and then in Death Proof, he shows, they show up an hour and 15 minutes into the film. Yeah. And they're at the hospital. This is before the zombies from the first movie show up. And the, the daughter is there with Michael Parks. And Michael Parks has a son, you know. They who suspect works. it's a murder. They're talking about how they suspect it's a murder. But fuck it. This ain't my jurisdiction. But you know, it's weird. It's like his, his fantasy character is now in the real world. I don't know. It's, it's a very strange, like, uh, yeah. It, it would help it if you've seen the first movie and you go, oh, cool. That's the guys from that movie I saw four hours ago. You know they should I mean? be together. And it also represents what a grindhouse is. You know, one film, the next film, the next film. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And also, like, the first film had, like, a lot of war references, which I kind of like because, you know, during the Vietnam War, there was a lot of crappy films. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so you can watch both films back-to-back -back and maybe feel better for yourself. But it's a very strange film, and uh, so I, I definitely want to single that out. So uh, keep going. So that was the end of May. May 31st was yeah. Death Proof. And then on June 7th, we watched Yahoo! Serious in Mr. Accident from 1999. Yeah. 
Yep, the last film he ever did, the film that killed his career. I loved this film. It was hilarious. He works in the Sydney Opera House as a uh, egg um, uh, delivery. Uh... Well, he can see the Opera House. He works in a factory, an egg factory. It's an egg factory. They use the Opera House as an egg factory, and he has his <laughs> own weird apartment where a lot of uh, accidents happen because he is Mr. Accident. Yeah, Mr. Accident. To the show at any point, if you have something you want to add to, um, to add to the add to the knowledge and the day, we're happy to hear from you. <laughs> uh, don't be calling with no nonsense now. We're not here to listen to your Karen on. Um, but you can call four one five 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 zero zero five one one, and um, I don't know. We might answer the phone if we can figure out how to answer the phone here <laughs> all right so here we go we only have 30 minutes so you know but we actually got a little head start so we're actually doing really well this today oh, yeah. all right so I'm gonna play you a little bit of this artist and I just like just want you to let me know when when we're done if you um, if you know who this artist is all right are you ready boo yeah I'm ready okay I'm excited okay here we go <laughs> singing along what does that mean okay so i know the song i've definitely heard the song i mean i hope so <laughs> i've definitely heard the song but honestly like I, I don't know who it is okay so the song is a gay anthem and the singer is sylvester sylvester have you heard of sylvester sylvester salone have you heard of sylvester the singer no i have not oh my god seriously <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to be mad, but I mean, so you've never, you've never heard of Sylvester before? No, I've heard the song though. Okay. Really queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that you plugged that in there. So well, 